You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday. A game day for the New Orleans Pelicans as they travel to Orlando to take on the Magic uh, before following that up on the second night of a back-to-back with a game against the Miami Heat. This 11-game stretch for the Pelicans coming up is going to be pretty important for them. We'll talk about that at some point in the podcast here, probably in the third segment. Um, And today's episode might be a little bit shorter as we gear up kind of for the holiday weekend here. First, though, still going to touch on a few things from that Woj article on Anthony Davis. Talking to I talked to a couple people just around the league, informed humans, let's call them, uh, in a variety of different uh, categories and capacities. And I want to talk about maybe the effect that Cousins is having on AD and maybe there is a demeanor change, something like that. Kind of speculation, kind of not. We'll talk about that in the first segment. Then in the second segment, I want to talk about something that a lot of people um, have been calling for, and that's Gentry's job really right now. And weighing on my thoughts on that, spoiler alert, don't really have a definitive way one side or another, though I can understand a claim for any of them. We'll talk about that in the second segment and then preview the games and maybe the Christmas Day slate of games where a lot of people feel the NBA season really begins. So we'll kind of just blast through these topics today, get you set for the weekend, the holiday weekend, uh, and then probably be back with a new slate of podcasts starting next Wednesday, maybe Tuesday if something happens or I get bored and just need a break from everything else that's going on. So let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So this topic isn't is going to sound kind of hot takey, but I promise you it's not because this is an informed thing I'm throwing out there and an informed idea that I'm discussing. And that's the fact of is DeMarcus Cousins maybe having a negative effect in some capacity on the attitude, demeanor, thought process, what have you, of Anthony Davis. And this comes from the Woj article and, like I said, conversations with a variety of people around the league and associated with the league in the Pelicans and other teams too. And there seems to be maybe a prevailing thought that there is some negativity from Cousins or affecting Davis in a negative way, I should say. Something like that. You know, Woj specifically points out that, you know, they used to practice early after games and now, you know, uh, Cousins and Rondo have gotten Davis to speak up and say, maybe let's practice a little bit later, which in and of itself sounds relatively harmless and probably is. It, it, honestly, that type of thing doesn't matter. It's just weird that he's doing it when this is what he hasn't been done, been doing before. The way to kind of look at him is he's always been a good soldier, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. He's kind of gone with the, the party line here, the company line, the franchise line, the team line, and has said and done all the right things. And then the Woj article comes out and you can kind of see a change in his public outward, you know, perception of this and kind of putting the team on notice, on blast, whatever you want to say, and showing that, yeah, the clock's starting to tick here with AD and this team needs to be aware of it. And this is something he just hasn't done before. Is that just because he's fed up with the losing and this mediocrity that they're they're kind of having this season? And that's really the best way to maybe sum up 
what's going on so far is mediocrity, inconsistency, just middle of the road, 500, what have you. Um, or is it because he's got these guys in his ears, maybe uh, causing him to speak up? And it's a valid question, you know, on both sides. I talked to a few people around the league who have said that, you know, the, the body language that Davis is showing this year is much different than it has been in the past. And one person, two people really said to me, they think he's kind of over it. And it's more like he's going through the motions with everything. He's out there putting up great numbers because this is what he does. This, he's such a good player. He always will. And he's not going to just mail in a performance. But man, it seems like he's just kind of like, screw this. I'm going to go out and show how good I am because it's what I do. But he's over the situation a little bit. And, you know, you've got to wonder if maybe some of that in the, the outward appearance comes, comes from him seeing Cousins act like this. You've seen more complaining to the officials this year. He was ejected for the first time in his career, which in a vacuum by itself doesn't really matter. It's the first time in his career. Uh, Kevin Durant was ejected for the first time in his career recently, too, and then had like two more right after that. I think LeBron James this year also was ejected for the first time in his career so really, you know, Davis getting one isn't a big deal. It just was rather surprising given the situation and how angry he got. And he's just never had that before. And maybe it's just, you know, in, a, in his career, he was bound to be ejected at some point, just as most players are. But when you look at it, you know, through maybe another lens, maybe Cousins did have an impact on why he's complaining to the refs more or what have you. And I don't know. I don't know if there's a definitive answer to this. But it definitely seems like he's a bit of a different person this year. And that's okay. Again, if I were him, I'd probably be fed up with all of this too and everything surrounding the team. So I don't think you can really fault the guy for, you know, maybe starting to think about wanting out. And I mean, that Woj article really does kind of say that uh, in there. So it's worth noting that maybe there has been a negative effect from Cousins on Davis, even though the positive effects certainly have been there of, again, maybe it's not a bad thing that Davis is more vocal about calls and being upset and wanting to call out the coaches on some things and make tweaks to make this team overall better from top to bottom and little things that make these guys happier. So you can look at it, I think, both ways, uh, that this is a good thing and a bad thing. But it's something that was brought up to me, like I said, from other people in the league. And so I want to tra- you know, share that with you guys here. Um, that that's a thing that people are watching and some people, whether they're right or wrong, are concerned about. But certainly they think there's some negative aspects of Cousins and his personality creeping into AED. And maybe that was bound to happen. Cousins was on his best behavior when he was first here. And I think he's certainly much better here than he'd been in Sacramento when you look at everything. And I think maybe that just comes with maturity and understanding it a little bit more having been in the league for a while now that he just kind of gets what goes on and how things are and just his place within it all even if it's not what exactly he wants so you know maybe that's part of it as well that you know now he's just kind of accepted it because he's doing his thing there's still some negative things that drive people insane and maybe that's just catching on to anthony davis but I don't know for sure. I just want to pass that on to you guys because I found it an interesting discussion that I had with people around the league. You guys knew I was going to plug it at some point. Go check out LockedOnPelicans.com before we hit the next topic here, which is going to be about Alvin Gentry. Firing a coach, not firing a coach, what have you, what good would it do, what might be the negatives. We'll kind of cover this in the segment coming up, but check out LockedOnPelicans.com. It's the holiday season, which means you give out presents. And all of our riders and our question of the week this Friday are handing out some presents to people and snubbing other Pelicans. 
Who are they giving presents to? What presents are they going to be giving them? And who are they snubbing? Find out over at LockedOnPelicans.com. All right, so we're going to go into what's a divisive um, topic among Pelicans fans. There's no really other way to put it. Either you're all for this or you're not, and that's firing Coach Gentry. And I really kind of hate talking about these things because it's weird talking about a guy losing his job and whether that would be a good thing for the team or not. And like kind of putting aside his family life and his life and how it impacts all of that. But this is what we do in this kind of business. So we've got to. So and it's a topic right now. And so we do have to cover it. And I've had this talk with, again, people around the league. I talked to um, Scott Kushner the other day, back and forth a little bit about it, uh, along with the Locked on Pelicans G-chat that we have going on, which we have so much fun in. And so it's an interesting debate of whether or not the team should. And Kushner, um, the reason I started talking with him about it was his article over at The Advocate, which you should all read, basically talking about this team playing with a lack of energy and needing to kind of just be woken up and getting a jolt in some capacity. And you're 40% of the season in. And you really shouldn't be having, like, those type of issues should have been weeded out or worked out a long time ago. But they haven't been. So... This is kind of the issue. What's it take to get through to this team right now? Because certain things really aren't working. And the same issues are just manifesting themselves over and over and over again. Turnovers, uh, transition defense, defense in general, and just trying on defense. Zach Lowe wrote about it the other day, too, where he said that Cousins, instead of moving, is just kind of like leaning in, trying to swipe the ball away from people rather than really playing defense. So these issues are prevalent all throughout the team. And, you know, maybe the surest way to wake these guys up and kind of pull their heads out of their asses is to fire the head coach because that usually does send some message, whether it's a good message or bad, I don't know, and it depends on the situation. You know, Memphis fired their head coach in David Fisdale, who a coach everyone thought was really good, and it they, they haven't really done – it hasn't changed a damn thing for them. Now, partially due to injuries and other things, but – you know, that hasn't made them better and woken them up and got them playing well. So do would doing the same thing here uh, accomplish anything? And that's the question, basically. Maybe it does. And frankly, you know, you could look at this and be like, well, maybe it couldn't be worse. But it could be worse. You could go on a 10-game losing streak. Or it wakes them up and they play with hustle for a little while before kind of just falling back into the complacency that they play with now. But let's let's game it out. Say you fire him. Who do you replace Alvin Gentry with? And this becomes the next most divisive thing, in my opinion. Some are going to say Darren Ehrman. Some will say someone else. Those are the two camps. I don't think Ehrman is the right fit here. I know people and fans in particular are enamored with him. And it kind of reminds me of how the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy for fans on a crappy football team. Because the starter's not winning, so put in the backup. Why not? He could probably do a better job. I don't know if that's the case here with, you know, the associate head coach, the backup to Alvin Gentry. This defense is bad right now. If anyone needs to be getting through to the players more than Gentry would be, it's Ehrman in getting this defense fixed. They were top 10 last year, but before that, they weren't in the top 10 his first year here. So right now, you're looking at two out of his three years not being a good defense. So what's going to change if he gets put in? I can tell you right now the players aren't listening to Ehrman. You can see it. Look at him screaming on the sidelines during games, and he's not getting through to those guys. Making him the head coach isn't going to change, in my opinion, any sort of effort when it comes to these players and about this team. 
So do you maybe put in Chris Finch as head coach? And I don't, I don't know. You know, again, I think he's there and he's not getting through to some of these guys and having him scream now about defense to them. I don't know if that really is going to change much. You need someone who can get through to the players, which to me means it's, it's a voice that's not on the team. Maybe you go with coach McMillan, who seems to be an up and coming guy, uh, younger, maybe bring some energy or something different to it. But again, he's there. None of these coaches are really getting through to the players. Is that on the coaches or is that on the players? Could anyone get through to Boogie? Can anyone get through to Davis, who, as I said before, people think it's just kind of going through the motions? And I, I don't have an answer. You know, maybe you fire the, the head coach and bring in an outside interim head coach, which would you know be a bit different. And I don't know when the last time that's happened or if that's ever happened before uh, when it comes to an NBA interim head coach, but you've got to think about just don't say firing him just to fire him and put in Urban because that will not change anything. And just has, if it then just keeps going the way it's going, it looks bad. And you've also got to factor in how this plays to DeMarcus Cousins, who's going to be a free agent and how it's going to play to Anthony Davis where the clock's starting to tick. If you fire the head coach and it just looks like this is a disaster of a team and it doesn't work, don't you think that accelerates the clock in AD's mind that now we got to get a new coach coming in, we've got to get a new system, we've got to go through the growing pains next year of all of that, so then we're kind of two years away potentially from making a run instead of one year or what have you. That's kind of the issue here, and what does that say to DeMarcus Cousins who really wants to have some stability and loyalty really matters to him, and then all of a sudden you fire his head coach and it adds to that, what was it, eight coaches in seven seasons or seven coaches in six seasons or what have you with the Sacramento Kings. So wanting to fire is fine, but there needs to kind of be a plan in place. And you've got to kind of think of the ramifications and the ripple effects that it creates, because that certainly could be an even worse situation. Now, it, from what I've been told and what I gather is that both Demps and Gentry are have a, a team option if they make the playoffs this season. You could, in theory, if you don't make the playoffs, just let their contracts go and don't renew them and then bring in new people. And it's fine. You're not paying coaches that way or what have you. Uh, so that's potentially what's going to be and why I think maybe they won't make a change midseason. But it's, but it's worth paying attention to now because, frankly, you can tell – with all the talent and everything here and the clock ticking in AD's mind that this team isn't getting out what they would like um, and ownership and the front office higher than general manager Dell Demps has to be pretty frustrated. But the knee jerk reaction to firing Alvin Gentry still might not be in the best interest of this franchise. But I don't know. I don't actually have an answer. I'm curious to see what people think because I think it's divided. Let me know on Twitter at Nola Jake at Locked on Pels. Uh, because I think it's a very interesting discussion to be had about this. Hey, don't forget with the Christmas Day games coming up on what Monday, make sure you listen to the Locked On NBA podcast once a week. Get caught up around what's going on in the association. Preview those games. They're always fun. There's some big name players out there. It's, I'm actually really looking forward to Chris Stapps versus Joel Embiid uh, in that Knicks 76ers matchup. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So these next two games are going to kind of tell you whether or not this Pelican ship can be righted because I think everyone kind of agrees they're a bit of a mini crisis right now with how, how bad the defense has been and just kind of blowing leads, losing to teams they shouldn't, playing uninspired ball, all of that. Because they've got a number of easy games coming up, particularly kind of 
these next four, starting with the Orlando Magic tonight in Orlando. If you remember, the Magic really beat the Pelicans badly early on in the season in the Smoothie King Center, winning by 16 points in a game where they just were lit up from three, the Pelicans' defense was. Well, after that hot shooting start when Orlando was like the three seed, I think, at one point in the Eastern Conference, the Pelicans, or sorry, Orlando has really regressed back to the mean, uh, finally, and the, you can't really bank on that, and has lost a ton of games. They're sitting a, a 10 games under 500 now, and they're dealing with an injury crisis. Four of their top eight guys when it comes to minutes per game are out right now. Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and Terrence Ross. This is a game the Pelicans should absolutely steamroll the opponent through. And, like, there's, it, that's just it. They need to kill this team. They need to come out, know they're better than them, impose their will, get this done by the start of the fourth, middle of the fourth quarter, and then move on because you do have a back-to-back -back coming up against the Miami Heat on the next night, who are also dealing with somewhat of an injury crisis, though we'll see how bad it is by Saturday. But this is going to tell you kind of what you need to know. Are they responding to, you know, Alvin Gentry and the coaching staff? Do they know they're a better team than this, but they're not going to take this game lightly? That's been one of the issues. I think this Pelicans team thinks they're better than they are and that they have so much talent. They can just kind of take games off and still win, but they're not the um, Golden State Warriors and they can't do that. So you, you got to go out and you got to play hard. I want to see them play hard against the team they're going to kill. Or And should kill. And if they don't, or if it's closer than that, it should make you a little bit worried that, again, maybe the coaching staff isn't getting through to these guys. You have this game coming up. You got the Heat. Then you come back home to take on Brooklyn and the Dallas Mavericks. Four not good teams, frankly. And you need to get these wins because then it's going to pick back up again as like construction goes on right behind my house really loudly while I'm recording. So this is this kind of stretch is just going to tell you what you need to know. I think it was pointed out to me on Twitter. Um, let me pull it up here by David Schultz that basically over these next 11 games, the teams they play are 34 games under 500. You know, that is where you need to get your wins. It's as simple as that. You got the Utah Jazz in there who are dinged up and probably going to fall out of the playoff race. You got to get these wins. If you don't, you, you know, maybe you can kind of elevate my opinion and others' opinion of this team from being mediocre to being okay and good. But right now, they're looking like they're just going to kind of backdoor into the playoffs. So beat Orlando. It's that simple. Crush them. Show me something that makes me think otherwise that they, you know, don't need to make a change, that they need, they kind of have a direction that they can go and that things are going to be good. Same thing with the Heat. Right now, it's unsure if Goran Dragic is going to play on Saturday. Same thing for James Johnson. Hassan Whiteside's out. Justice Winslow has sat the previous two games. We don't know if he's going to play Friday or Saturday. Um, so all of that's important. They need to kind of get a win against a team that's not particularly great. The, you know, the defense for the Heat is okay. Their offense is really not good. I kind of like them in a weird way because they've got a bunch of like wonderful sixth and seventh men on this roster that basically makes up the entire roster outside of maybe Dragic and Whiteside. Uh, and they paid them all more money than they should have, which has been interesting. Um, but for the most part, like this team doesn't scare you offensively. And if they come out and they light up the Pelicans, I mean, it tells you all you need to know about this defense and this team's mentality. So go out and just get it done. And, you know, I don't feel confident that the uh, Pelicans will do that. But this is where we know. This is where we get what's going on in their heads, where we understand it. Show us something. I think that's what all fans want right now. 
Um, so hopefully they'll be able to get it done against these two teams. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. This week of Locked on Pelicans, not going to talk about the Christmas Day games. Maybe next week we'll talk about what we saw because it's always kind of a showcase day for the NBA. You get some good basketball and like one or two kind of clunkers in there. Maybe a big performance from a player or two. But hey, it's the holidays. Let me take this one a little bit easy. So I'll be back with you all hopefully on Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, depending on how things go uh, with this franchise and over the weekend. Um, certainly it'll be an interesting thing to see big saints game coming up on Christmas Eve on Sundays. They take on the Falcons in the dome. We'll not be there for that one, but it would be fun. So thank you all for listening. Happy holidays to all of you. And I'll see you in a couple of days as we get back to it. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Back with you all on likely Wednesday. <laughs>